Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Gigabit Nation, Broadband Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I want to welcome everyone in the audience today. Thank you for taking time to be with us as we tackle another important issue in the world of broadband. We're uh, here to provide uh, useful information and insights to help communities, companies, and nonprofit organizations get more and better broadband to everywhere it needs to be in America. And today's topic, I think, is one that many of you will find interesting and uh, enlightening uh, because this one deals with money, specifically uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in prize money uh, that's for those people coming to the broadband table with the creative applications that can take advantage of gigabit networks such as those that are in place in Chattanooga, Santa Monica, California, Wilson, North Carolina, and soon Kansas City, among other uh, other cities that are planning these networks. And today, my guest is John Wilson, who's the co-founder and former president of Flexible Display Maker NanoLumens, Inc., and he is also... Uh, the coordinator of Chattanooga's Gig Prize Contest. And so let's just get on with the show. John, welcome welcome to Gigabit Nation. Great to be with you, Craig. Really uh, enjoy the opportunity to share you know, some of the things we're doing and uh, hear what uh, some of the questions you have from other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So let's start with a little background. The, the Gig Prize Contest, if I'm not mistaken, is... It evolved in some fashion from uh, what uh, Jack Stutter and his lamppost group project was all about that he described when I was down there in Chattanooga earlier this year. Is that, is that right? It's, it's, it's kind of an offshoot of that? Well, it, it's really, we're, we're quite fortunate. We've got a number of activities in the city that all kind of coalesced and came together in this, and lamppost has, has been one of the key leaders in uh, you know, it all it all started with the fact that that our electric power board, you know, put together, you know, the first uh, complete service territory with one gigabit fiber, you know, to the home or to the business, and and put it in place and and got it all tested and working, and then you know it's it's available today, and and so as a result of that, you know, uh, institutions around the community, businesses, uh, university types, and the like. Have, have all come together to try to figure out, you know, what is the best way to advance this as quickly as possible and, and take the ideas and the business plans that might uh, be executed when there, in fact, is gigabit uh, access, you know, throughout the nation and, and get them tested and ready and, and ready to go. And, and so that concept of a living laboratory thing has been uh, kicking around for some time, and you know, Jack and the group at Lamppost Group, which is an uh, it's a, a venture incubator in Chattanooga, uh, they they had the brilliant idea uh, a number of months back. They said, well, let's let's put a prize out for a student with the best idea uh, in this space, and you know, we'll we'll raise our hand and say we'll we'll take on the students, and and uh, so we. Uh, you take that idea and you add to it the concept of doing the same kind of thing for entrepreneur teams, which you, if you look at accelerators and uh, business incubators, you, you see that model. And uh, a number of very thoughtful people in the community came up with the idea of a gig prize and uh, seems kind of natural for the gig city. So uh, off we go. Mm-hmm. Now, gig city is what? That seems to be a recent 
Gig City is the the brand that Chattanooga is using to sort of assemble several programs that that will flow over the next uh, number of months. Uh, you know, this includes a um, a concept we call Gig Tank, which will take the uh, the concept that that uh, Lampost suggested for students, match it with a similar track for entrepreneurs. And we're going to run them through a, a complete summer incubator and accelerator program where we give a prize at the end. And so for the, for the student idea that um, is, is deemed to be the best in this process, there will be a $50,000 cash prize. For the entrepreneurial team that comes together with the best business plan that is truly an investable idea, uh, there will be $100,000 in the gig prize. And the, the, Two together are matched with some some additional cash. We've got other prizes we'll put into the system for for those that that are in various uh, topical categories or you know second and third place, if you will. And then on top of that, we've got a, a series of uh, funds that have come together to put together the investment piece for that entre entrepreneurial track that uh, you know you have to have at a at a seed incubator level. So. So we're putting another 100, up to $150,000 in startup capital uh, for the um, for the best entrepreneur teams that, that come together. So basically, what you're describing is um, several programs under an umbrella. There's a, there's a student program, there's an entrepreneur program, and then there's a seed capital track, if you will, um, to 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 move projects into that category and where there's different prizes. Is that correct, the well, that, summary? That's, you're very close. In fact, we, that's why we put it underneath this, this umbrella called Gig City, because you know Chattanooga was the first and only city in the Western Hemisphere to get a whole service territory up and running in this, in this, uh, at this level of, of uh, internet speed, and and you know it's available today. It's not something we have to wait and have someone else come and install. It's it's there today to be used by by a homeowner or by a business or an industry as they see fit. So so our whole purpose is to to bring programs to that that will help define the next generation of internet applications. And also to you know serve as a test bed. I mean, Chattanooga's you know had a history that they call the living laboratory, which, which uh, if you sort of look back in time, you can you can point to several examples where they've raised their hand in some national group and said, "We're willing to try that out. We're willing to uh, find some capital, find some partners, uh, test that idea or concept out." And, and see if it really does work in the marketplace. And so, so under this umbrella of Gig City, we're we're putting together this summer program we're calling Gig Tank, which is you know kind of like a cross between a think tank and an incubator and an accelerator. And that's the program we'll run the student team, the, the uh, student co competition through, as well as the entrepreneur teams. We will run those activities through some existing incubator and accelerator programs there in Chattanooga. Uh, we'll also provide all of those students and entrepreneurs, as well as some other researchers who will be coming in, access to that gig fiber through through four specially equipped uh, gig labs that we're going to build up 
so that they not only have access to the to the speed of, of uh, broadband at this uh, at this capacity, <clears throat> excuse me, but they'll also have access to some specially drawn panels of customers who are using the gig already, and uh, and and provide a rich test bed for those applications. So, so we're really looking forward to having uh, that mix of research and business uh, launch all together in the community at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, how are you uh, structuring the administration of this? It sounds like with these different types of projects, you, you have things happening in parallel. I mean, is, is there going to be one person, or is there a committee that's going to um, keep all the all the, the plates or all the balls in motion here? Well, that, that that's what's so magical about both the Internet and about Chattanooga. I mean, I don't know... I mean, you and I met when you came to town to to tour the uh, uh, the EPB facilities and, and participate in one of those intentional dialogues they were having uh, with community uh, representatives about the the whole uh, uh, one gig uh, rollout. And you know, the they have a wealth of organizations already engaged and involved in. Uh, in the programs that we'll be, uh, you know, unveiling and rolling out for the, for this purpose, but in addition to that, if you think about the internet, you know, most of these uh, contests and applications will occur on the internet, uh, on a website under the under the and uh, we'll have most of that up. I think over the next couple of weeks, we've already got a site up that's taking names and, and email addresses for those people that are interested. And uh, we, we plan to use the sort of the pow- power of digital media to to uh, you know accelerate the application process as well as as to build interest in not only the competition itself but the work that these these uh, great pioneers are going to be doing. Right, and then some. You'll have some process of. I'm guessing ha- keeping a chronicle of all of the the activities and and the best practices that will come out of all of these activities and so forth. Well, in, in, indeed, I mean the the beauty of yeah I don't know if you've been following the the sort of the evolution of incubators to accelerators, but you know if you go on the web and you look at what TechStars and Y Combinator and and uh, all of the wonderful accelerators that have launched over the last you know, few years have done. Virtually all of their pitch nights are now recorded on YouTube. You can see some incredible companies that got launched, you know, whether it's Dream Adventures or uh, come, come down to Tennessee and, and, and look at the Entrepreneur Center in Nashville. Uh, this, this process has a lot of richness, and, and people are uh, borrowing ideas. Uh, we, we've had some just incredible support from people Around the country, with with just some just great ideas for how to do it and how to make it easier and more fun for all the participants, including you know the VCs and the the money types who come and do the pitch nights and do the judging and the sifting of the various ideas and business plans that um, that come across. Mm-hmm. Now, is 48-hour launch considered an accelerator, or is the accelerator program something different than that? Well, 48-hour launch is a program of the incubator known as Company Lab, which has uh, been in Chattanooga for several years now and is just doing an incredible job. 
you know, taking uh, uh, startups and, and moving them uh, down the road towards success. The accelerator concept is sort of an incubator on steroids, and so they have uh, launched out of Company Lab something called Co-Starters, which, which uh, we're very excited about in Chattanooga. Uh, we've got several other organizations, including Lampost Group, which is in, in itself a venture incubator um, that's very successful. It's got uh, a range of companies that, you know, as small as is your traditional internet startup to uh, uh, a trucking business and nine, you know, at nine figures revenue. So, so um, you know, the the richness of of the community gives us a number of programs to work with in this context. And virtually everybody that that is in the entrepreneurial culture in the community has a role in the gig city and in the gig prize programs, uh, whether they're actually running a track or whether they're uh, judging or mentoring or uh, raising funds for or doing outreach to try to find other good ideas to bring into the program. Mm-hmm. And for the benefit of the audience, I'll probably, I should explain a little bit about the, the 48-hour launch, uh, which is basically bringing together anywhere from 10 to 20 people with ideas and the basis of a of, of a company and inviting an audience of several hundred uh, developers and programmers, financial people, business people, marketing people, the whole sort of the the whole quadrant of things that you need to have a an entrepreneurial venture and have that audience listen to the, the initial presentations then uh decide which teams or that, that they want to join. So basically it's a first cut and then uh they go through the rest of the weekend building a business. And then at the end of it all they present what they have uh, created in that 48-hour pressure cooker, and then there's a final judging of prizes and 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 so forth from there. I think I've summarized that without killing it. <laughs> you, you did it. You did it quite well. And, and what, what's so exciting about that process? I mean, 48-hour launch is run by Company Lab, so the same people who run that program on a regular basis in the Chattanooga environment are also already working on planning the the. The, the parallel structure inside both the student and the entrepreneur tracks, the, uh, even down to the facility that we'll be using for the pitch nights, uh, down to the, uh, you know, who is mentoring which team or which type of team, how we'll uh, physically move them through the process, and where that, where that uh, down select fits within the, you know, 65 to, to 80-day kind of, uh, program that you consider typical for one of these accelerators. So you, you did say it very, very well. And, and the great news about what we're working on is we have some seasoned veterans and some great institutions, um, you know, who, who really have done this many, many times before. But we're going to focus all of this attention on this one uh, set of topics and one set of opportunities associated with. Uh, gigabit Ethernet, and that, that's just uh, that, that's just uh, for me a, a very exciting uh, opportunity. I think to to tell people about and to attract them to to apply for. Mm-hmm. Um, very very interesting. I mean, it's in, it looks like um, there's a lot of uh, what we I guess my physics teacher would call kinetic energy. I mean, there's just a lot of things happening. 
And how structured is it versus, you know, being flexible enough to let people be creative, but at the same time you sort of want to funnel people to a to an endpoint, I would assume. Well, I, I think the thing that's interesting about about one gig uh, bandwidth is that that the flexibility is is sort of on the open end. I mean, that we don't yet know what will be the most exciting ideas or business plans that will uh, address the capacity of that uh, of that technological advance. Uh, you know, so we're we're sort of sitting. We have some ideas. We've defined some some broad categories like advanced manufacturing and cloud computing and healthcare and digital media education and public safety and emergency response. But but we don't know which of those will draw the the, the best and brightest ideas or the most um, exciting uh, business plans. We just won't know. But on the on the other end of the extreme, the, the successful formula of this uh, prize and accelerator uh, and incubator mix is you want to help, um, in the case of a student, you want to help them refine the idea and be in a position to present it to a large audience of others with good ideas and, and really, you know, capture the imagination of a group. If you've ever, if you've ever uh, uh, seen a TED Talk or participated in a TEDx event, um, it's very similar to that uh, nugget, uh, an idea that is presented to an audience of people who want to come and listen and think about it very intently. On the, on the team, entrepreneurial team side, uh, you want to add the crucible of turning this idea into an investable business plan. And you need to do that in the time frame uh, that's possible. And you want to do that using uh, mentors and entrepreneurs who are seasoned, who've done this several times before. You know, they've got scars on their back. They've got, you know, the, the money in their pockets from good exits. And, uh, and you want to help these young teams really, uh, you know, come to this opportunity and uh, th that's how you that's sort of the funnel you're working with so so uh, we've got both ends of that spectrum to work with uh, and I think that's that's what's going to make this a, a truly exciting uh, exercise mm -hmm. so now what kind of interest have you received already I know that on the on the sponsorship side uh, Alcatel Lucent uh, was announced last week I, I believe it was as uh, one of the sponsors, and they're putting in 100k. So you have a recruitment effort, I'm assuming, again, uh, that that's going after sponsors, which is making the money available. And then you have the recruitment effort to get people to participate in these various programs. How are those things coming together? Well, we're 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 blessed on on a number of fronts. We've got, uh, you know, Chattanooga is just a, a wonderful entrepreneurial environment. It's a very rich ecosystem and uh, in the community itself you know there have been a number of wonderful firsts that that have created uh, you know companies and individuals who have the kind of leadership skills that you need to to put into this um, you know the the, the uh, very first uh, coca-cola bottling plant uh, was uh, built in Chattanooga became a very successful business uh, when the Company was sold and exited uh, a number of years back to Coca-Cola Enterprises. Um, that that wealth uh, helped uh, create uh, not only uh, 
a company but also a foundation that uh, that are actively involved in this program and people from both institutions have been um, you know daily involved in in meetings on uh, on the gig prize and the gig challenge and you know that's just that's part of their their culture and part of their uh, their strength as a community so we're we're pulling together um, or I guess finishing up is a better way of putting it the the, the funding uh, for the program but we've already got enough in in hand to feel very comfortable you know sharing with with the world that that uh, and largely because of the Alcatel commitment and that of some other companies and foundations around the community, that we've got up to $250,000 available in cash prizes and $150,000 in startup capital for for the programs that we're going to select uh, to go through the gig tank exercise and um, as part of this whole gig prize effort. So we're very excited. Uh, these numbers these numbers could grow as we uh, complete our our uh, Canvas, but uh, we're just you know we're we're in the execution mode now, and I, I think you'll you'll be pleased as you see uh, the elements of this thing unveil over the next couple of weeks. Okay, so let's shift a little bit and talk about the how tos, right? Because I'm sure a lot of the people that are going to listen to this are going to want to know, well, how can I participate in the student program, or how do I participate in the entrepreneurs program? Can you take each one of the the main categories and just give an overview of what people need to do to be able to participate? Sure. Well, first of all, we'll announce the rules and the application process in about two weeks. We, uh, we're working very intently on that now, putting the finishing touches on it, and I think uh, people will be very excited when they see it. We've had a lot of help. We've had some great ideas from you know, uh, folks out at the Annenberg Innovation Labs out at USC from... Uh, the Entrepreneur Center up in Nashville, um, and and others, you know, about you know what are the best and brightest ways to run a contest or run a program like this, and, and get the, you know, attract the right people and give them the most benefit from their time spent inside the program. So we're setting up, we're taking the physical assets we've got, the gig labs that we're that we're putting together. We're putting together four different. Uh, labs around different locations in the city. They'll run 24-7 uh, for both the researchers and students and the entrepreneurs who will be in town at the same time. Um, we've got, uh, you know, we've got some incredible assets to add to that. We've got the National Center for Computational Engineering uh, there in Chattanooga, which is a major simulation center at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Uh, but, you know, all of this is being wrapped into a very easy to apply to and e- very easy to learn about program. You just go to the website, one website for both the students and the entrepreneurs. If you're not sure whether you are have an investable business and you're a student, but you've got this idea you think might be, um, you know, you'll go to the website and, and sort it out uh, in that process. And uh, and we we still want to hear about it and have you have you uh, sort of entered the process, and uh, let, let's see what we can do with it. Um, uh, you asked who we had heard from and what kind of excitement. I, I've, I've already personally talked to a number of people who are planning applications, and they don't even know the rules yet. They're, in, they're either successful entrepreneurs who've done major um, uh, tech companies, and they're in some other part of the country, but they've heard about this, and I think it's just a wonderful, exciting catalyst to what they're doing, so they're going to jump on it. 
Uh, we've, uh, we know university teams in states outside of Tennessee have already started organizing uh, programs. You know, we, we, we looked at a university program at Georgia Tech. They, they've run for four or five years now a, um, a convergence uh, technology uh, you know, contest that um, had some brilliant ideas about both uh, how to get student teams motivated, how to get them engaged around the, uh, around the uh, uh, program, and, and then how to bring their idea to fruition as a, as a complete prototype. So, so we're, um, uh, we, we think people are going to find this um, very easy uh, to both get involved with, to learn about you know, one-point access, uh, whether you're a student or an entrepreneur, and then for those that uh, may not have a program but just want to know more about uh, about what we're doing, you know, to share ideas or to learn about the website, we'll also give them contacts for for how they can engage with the community and find the right person to talk to. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. So I'm guessing, given the excitement level in Chattanooga, uh, which is very similar to the excitement level in Kansas City. Uh, that you will find probably lots of people or organizations willing to be part of the the test bed. In other words, um, there's X number of people who will be coming in developing the applications, but eventually you have to find users for any kind of pilot project and so forth. Um, are there people showing interest in being the, the guinea pigs, if you will, You know, saying I'll step up and I'll test someone's new app or someone's new piece of hardware running an app or whatever? Well, that's one of the nice things about uh, about the community that we're we're doing this in because they've already had the fiber bandwidth in place. They've had real live users, you know, uh, using the service uh, day in and day out, and and have already you know had a number of internal test groups uh, fired up, uh, excited about you know being those guinea pigs, if you will. And, and so there's institutionally within um, EPB, there are mechanisms to set up specific test panels so that the researcher or the business um, group that is the entrepreneur group that is testing out a new prototype can get exactly the right match. I mean, there's nothing worse when you're, when you're trying to run a, uh, run a poll to not be able to get the right test uh, panel together and then have it be statistically val- valuable to you. Uh, as you prepare to launch a business, and uh, whether you're doing it as, as just pure research or whether you're doing it as a business context, um, you want that kind of validation. And so we've we've got the we've got the goods in place, both the the hardware and and the the software and uh, the support from people and institutions uh, to provide all of that to those to those researchers. So we're really looking forward. To having these ideas there, and then beyond that, we're we're taking a lot of extra steps to sort of plug into the things around around the country and around the globe that are that are emerging in this space. Uh, for example, there's somebody physically today in Kansas City um, for the NSF uh, Genie meetings that that are uh, are scheduled, uh, I guess uh, today, tomorrow, and Friday, and uh, you know. One of uh, one of his purposes, he's part of the team uh, working in this whole gig prize, gig city effort. Uh, his organization uh, has a range of missions, but one of the missions he, he is uh, uh, taking on in that trip to Kansas City is to carry uh, to those researchers 
you know, the latest news about what we're doing and extend to all of them an invitation to participate with us, help build with us uh, these new applications and these new uh, systems uh, for the Internet of the future. Well, <clears throat> that sounds like you're going to be definitely tying in uh, a lot of good uh, energy, synergy, and whatever other buzzwords we can think of. Is it uh, reasonable to expect that this can even become a global globally connected networks of folks providing input, providing ideas, providing testers, and so forth? Well, you know, that's the beauty of the Internet. There's no reason why uh, you can't uh, work with people all around the globe on, on a range of things uh, 24-7. And, and so so the answer is yes, yes, yes. I mean, we're, um, for example, in the just in the background research to understand you know how uh, how you uh, take this crucible of an incubator accelerator concept and and apply it to an area like uh, uh, one gig fiber. Um, we reached out to uh, a venture capitalist in Italy and one here in the states who had done a uh, piece of research on you know quantifying the various programs. Uh, of the 200 or so accelerators that it launched over the last few years, and uh, and spoke with them, talked with them about uh, you know what they found, what they thought, what they saw, um, and, and what their thoughts are for you know you know their next year's research, and and uh, uh, you know I, I think you know that that's the beauty of of the internet. You can you know, jump on, to, uh, find a piece of research, uh, contact the person, and. Have a conversation. Might be a might be a late hour of night or early morning, but uh, you know you can close the loops. That's <laughs> wow. This is a, this is all pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing stuff. And it points to a a, um, a comment that was made last week when we had a brainstorming session. We brought four people in who had been involved with a day long brainstorming session in Kansas City with about sixty or seventy of their um uh, stakeholders and one of the things that came up on the show was this idea that um as these test beds develop as these contests develop we may likely find that the conventional construct we call a company you know with its with its hierarchy and its offices and, and so forth and so on will just get totally tossed out the window and there will be some new virtual you know limited time kinds of pairings of resources and people that basically it'll transform the business as we know it today into something very different because all of a sudden the gigabit network takes away the both the hierarchy and the physical constraints you know of space and time because you can do things at any given time of day or night what are your thoughts on that vision if you will well, I, I think elements of that have been in place for some time. You know, I, you know, in my background, I ran a, a DARPA consortium, and then after that, uh, in the same vehicle space, uh, uh, we we developed a startup company that was partnered up with um, uh, Smart and Mercedes, and and within, you know, within about six weeks of starting the business, we. Um, we had crash test simulations designed by a designer in California. We had vehicles on a boat um, coming. Actually, they were flown over from um, 
from Germany, and and we were up in a um, crash test facility in New York that is used by the auto industry and the insurance industry to, to crash test vehicles for for commercial use, and and um, the you know we had to get uh, uh, parts and suppliers for that particular smart car to provide uh, very complex engineering information electronically uh, you know, over the web and, and pull that all together and design the test and design the, the additional things we would need to meet the unique uh, test here in the United States versus the tests that exist in Europe. And, and those designs uh, and the tests we did just in a matter of weeks were integral to uh, SMART's entry into North America over the last um, couple of years. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's been around for a few years. What, what's going to happen in this next um, iteration of speed, if you will, is the instantaneous nature, the, the delay we've become accustomed to living with, um, the, the pause, the spinning wheel on your screen, whatever it is, um, it really is different when that speed um, barrier um, is no longer there. And, and you know, I, I talked to somebody the other day who's a um, who's a physician, and, and they were explaining the complexity of trying to read a really complex set of, of um, electronic images from an MRI or, or CAT scan that uh, need to be sent to someone who's a specialist. Um, you've got all the power of the machine in the room with the patient, but if you need to get the brain to to do the right reading and to look at it in real time, you've got to get that person to one of only a handful of facilities uh, to, to access that data and, and to access that data and be in a position to give you a, an immediate response. Well. That's what speed will do for you. You won't have those kinds of limitations uh, as much, and, and we will uh, uh, we will benefit that from just in thousands of unimagined ways. Uh, that I can see where that would uh, that would definitely be the case. Very interesting. Let me bring up another um, uh, train of uh, of thought, if you will. We have, we being the industry, those of us involved in, in broadband and so forth, often talk about uh, broadband in rural terms, in terms of what it will do for smaller rural communities. And not to take anything away from that discussion, what about urban areas? What kinds of activities, what kinds of participation can we expect from you know, the big cities uh, and maybe areas where, you know, they don't have broadband, they have all kinds of economic issues, you know, just as significant as any, you know, of, of the issues that you deal with out in some of the poorer rural areas. But what what what, what do you see coming out of the out of the urban world? Well, you know, it, it's a it's a good question. I, I um, um, years ago did a lot of work with the Southern Governors Association and the Southern Growth Policy Board and we were always worried about um, sort of the two Souths that were developing, and you know we, we call the, the the South that was in the shade the, the the part that was missing out on all of the the uh, big dollar advantages and the 
the transportation and economic development successes that you saw in the big cities with airports and railroad lines and the like. The, the interesting thing that the Internet brought along is, is um, a leveling out of that. And, and I don't care whether it's global and you think about sourcing some design to uh, researchers uh, or, or software coders for you in India or in Chile or in Quebec or wherever, you know, you, you, you can truly bid out your job and, uh, to, and um, get a good qualified team uh, set to go on, on just about anything overnight. What's what's intriguing, though, at the at the ground level, is if you think of, of say the area between Atlanta, Georgia, where I live, and Chattanooga, where where the Gig City uh, and the Gig Prize are, are being unveiled. You know, it's a it's about an hour and forty five minute drive between the two, and there's an extraordinarily rural area between here and there. But there are a number of major companies and major businesses. There are technology. Um, uh, starts that have occurred. Uh, I was I was in a, a, a local um, uh, event in a small town called Rome, Georgia, that's in a very kind of a rural um, corner of Northwest Georgia. Um, and and the the internet itself has provided the opportunity of all of these communities to 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 uh, taste and to enjoy um, uh, both. Knowledge and education, and uh, you know, you can go into your library and you can get anywhere in the world. So, so the, so the, you know, it's moving a lot faster than I think any of us would have dreamed when uh, when uh, DARPA turned it on. And uh, I think the same thing's going to be true as as uh, higher speeds become prevalent. And uh, you know, and, and there's also the whole evolution of wireless. I mean, you. you um, I was uh, traveling between. Uh, I left here early one morning uh, when uh, uh, the uh, royal wedding was occurring, and, and uh, I just I was listening on a podcast on, on CNN on my iPhone, and discovered to my you know surprise as I'm driving up uh, the, the freeway between here and there that that it was streaming over uh, over 3G, and you could you could see the carriages it pulled in. You know, to Buckingham Palace. I mean, you know, that, that wouldn't have been possible um, five years ago. So uh, much, you know, much less ten or fifteen years ago. So, so I think the same kinds of surprises are going to occur, and and you'll be able to do an incredible amount in in smaller and mid-sized communities. And, and Chattanooga is kind of an interesting example of one that's right there in the middle. It, it's not. So large that you have a hard time, you know, getting around it. Uh, but it's also large enough that you've got uh, many of these things that, um, in terms of quality of life, that people are looking for. So, so um, I, you know, I, I, I don't care whether you're, um, you know, in, in Silicon Valley area where you're sort of, you know, are you in, are you in Palo Alto? Are you in, are you in San Jose? Are you in San Francisco? It's sort of like, um, you know, it's all emerging. So would you say that given that Chattanooga is in size and demographics somewhere between small-town America and urban metropolis America that you'll be able to test, I don't know, applications in environments that would um, that could be adapted to both in the long run? 
Well, that's kind of the beauty of, of this as a test bed. I mean, Chattanooga is literally only minutes to the mountains. I mean, you can be uh, you can be um, uh, climbing a, a ridge or you know uh, you know doing a uh, uh, doing a range of, of exciting outside uh, activities, you know, kayaking, whitewater rafting, you name it, in just a few minutes. Uh, but this kind of speed allows you access to the rest of the world instantly. So um, you kind of have the best of both worlds, and, and I think that's I think that's really something that's evolved um, uh, quite surprisingly. I, I have a colleague that lives in in a very rural part of South Georgia, and um, um, you know he calls it the technology center of the universe <laughs> when, when, when he answers the phone. And you know he's a former investment banker from a very large firm. He's retired down there, and he does deals. And and uh, you know the, uh, that's you know that is the beauty of of um, this this tool that we're all learning to use. Okay, so it, it does give a um, it, it's another one of those advantages of Chattanooga being Chattanooga is that it, it can go and in essence create solutions for various types of markets. Um, I think there's a there was a word before it. Sorry, go well, ahead. I, I think yeah, I think we're going to show you know how do I say this? I think the students and entrepreneurs who come to Chattanooga for this program are going to have the time of their life. I mean, first of all, it's a it's an incredibly vibrant city for the arts and for food and entertainment. I mean, the, the, this the, the whole gig tank exercise will occur during the summer when they run a. Um, just a wonderful um, a river festival with music and food and entertainment every night. So, so we're gonna, um, you know, they're going to have an extraordinarily, uh, you know, fun, uh, vibrant time while they build some incredible new businesses or, or shape ideas that people will be talking about for years. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, so for. For a college student or a grad student who applies into the program, I, you know, I can't think of a better way to spend your summer. Um, and if you're getting ready to launch a, a new business in this space, um, you know, I can't think of a better way to, uh, you know, get a leg up, get the idea polished, get the plan done, get the prototypes done, and get your first chunk of funding. Um, from some people who know to find you how to find you a lot more funding um, should your idea be worthy so um, and your plan successful so mm-hmm. so I, I think it's um, that's that's the other nice thing about um, this kind of laboratory setting it, it truly is a living laboratory that's quite enjoyable mm-hmm. so now I want to shift to in, in this last segment of the show to uh, an interesting project that I uncovered uh, doing some work for the Kauffman Foundation uh, on, uh, you know, the the ability of broadband networks to generate entrepreneurs. And it's a community in Vermont that encompasses about three of the poorest counties in Vermont. And one of the things they did for uh, building and increasing small business adoption of the Internet was they actually did uh, contests in some respects similar to 
what uh, you guys are doing in Chattanooga and Kansas City. And I just want to kind of highlight a couple of aspects of their programs because the interesting thing about this, um, you know, doing this story is realizing that um, the, these kinds of things can be done on a smaller scale. I mean, you guys are going for, you know, the fence. I mean, Kansas City and Chattanooga both have, you know, six-figure prize money. This is a big deal. Um, but there's also ways that local communities can get involved. So the nature of the deal is they have a contest or, or conducted a contest in which people submitted a preliminary plan uh, that says, okay, this is what we see doing with our business that's different and then how we're going to expand our business using the Internet. And it wasn't judged, but it was a basic uh, get them to write down a general idea of a vision of where they think they can go with the Internet. And then from that, then they have like 30 days or 45 days to create an actual five-page plan on how they're going to use the Internet. So what are your thoughts on you know having a requirement for people to you know first come up with a vision and then come up with a refined plan as just an overall sort of strategy from the entrepreneur side? Well, I actually think that's that, that's sort of at the core of uh, the successful model for these accelerators. I mean, by the way, you mentioned the Kauffman Foundation. I'm uh, 99% sure the Kauffman Foundation was one of the two funding entities for the study of the various accelerators that I mentioned uh, earlier. Um, and there was a there was a um, uh, venture capital of uh, uh, a VC down in Austin, Texas at DFJ Mercury. Um, Aziz Giuliani is one of the, uh, the co-authors of that study, and I'm, I'm 90% sure it was actually Kaufman Fellows who, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who did part of it, and Kaufman Foundation, I think, funded part of it. But anyway, um, the, the, the whole concept is to take an idea into this crucible and to you know, a business idea, okay, a concept for a new business or a new business start. Take it into the crucible, subject it to, um, rather than you work in a quiet garage or your basement for six months or a year and and just keep working on it and working on it and working on it by yourself, subject you to a different environment where you, you work on it, but you work on it in front of your peers, who are doing the same thing on um, four or five, you know, completely different ideas. And every couple of days, every, you know, in a regular fashion, you stand up and present that idea with, you know, slides and your numbers and your projections and your, you know, you take the, the, the arrows, and uh, you know, from your colleagues uh, and you get toughened up and you get better at dealing with, the obvious questions that everybody is going to ask, and particularly the market is going to ask of you. And and what's intriguing about the process is that generally it's not the first idea that comes out. It's generally, you know, you'll pivot one, two, three times. So by the time you launch 60 to 100 days later, you know, it may not even be the same you know, business area that you're in, but you have now... Uh, had an idea that has been shaped, formed, and 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 really uh, beaten up and chewed on, and 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 really advantaged by this program. 
and and what's so you know you you have to sit in and watch a group of entrepreneurs uh go through this kind of pitching process go through the self um critiquing kind of exercise um what's funny is in in the technology world I don't think many of them would be aware of this but this is actually something that if you go to fashion school or uh, art design uh college um, at some of the better schools uh, like RISD or, or uh, Savannah College of Art and Design or the like, uh, MICA up in Maryland and Baltimore, you you do this kind of critique regularly uh, with your colleagues, and they're, they're we used to call them rip and tear sessions, and mm-hmm. and they're very effective. You, you present this piece of art that you worked on for weeks, and uh, you know it's either sculpture or painting or whatever. Or, or, or a beautiful fabric or a dress that you've designed, and and uh, your your friends, you know, rip you to shreds, and you know, this lasts for an hour or so, and then you go back and you rebuild that thing, and then you bring it back in a couple of weeks, and uh, they do it again, and at the end of the process, you're ready to face the kind of audiences that that watch Project Runway and you know do the do the uh, runways in in. Uh, uh, Milan and Paris and New York and, and 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 as a result, you're ready for business, and that's the same game in this technology accelerator world. It's it's a very powerful tool. I had the privilege of of uh, dropping in on uh, uh, TechStars New York um, oh, a couple of months ago, and uh, there was they were in the middle of running a cohort, and I listened to the head of TechStars New York and the head of TechStars Boulder. Uh, David Tish and David Cohen, uh, you know, you know, exhort the, the the family of young entrepreneurs in you know what they needed to do to be ready to to pitch, how they were going to present this issue or that issue that that tends to be common in in a startup world, and uh, you know, and and then you know off they start, and and uh, you know if you look at the companies that launch out of this process and the the young entrepreneurs. And you you watch the videos of their presentations. You you see the kind of strength and polish and excitement that can only come from that kind of criticism. Definitely a uh, a program not for the faint of heart or tender of ego. <laughs> no way. Well, but you no got to believe. That's, that's the whole, right. That's, that's the right. whole purpose. That's, you know. You know that you what doesn't kill your idea you makes it stronger. It sounds like the philosophy. Um, so now another thing that the group in Vermont did was they also set up a um, an online resource for for mentors. So what they would do is they would have uh, online areas, chat rooms categorized by different topics, you know, finance, marketing, so forth and so on, and they would get local uh, people to, to be the participants, and then they would answer questions from those participating in the contest. Now I gather that um you know you guys have some element of that in place but just as a you know to the to the small county that say might think about doing something similar uh how important is it to have that mentoring component that's available you know via online in some way Well I I think I think you put your finger on a very interesting problem I mean not no community is going to have, you know, just down the street, a seasoned entrepreneur in every topic that uh, could come up or every business idea that could come up in that community's uh, uh, startup accelerator. So 
So, and in fact, one of the most challenging parts of growing one of these programs uh, that, that I've been told about by many is, is, you know, finding and training mentors and then engaging them in the program and then the booking and the scheduling of that. In fact, the uh, the guy that runs uh, Company Lab, um, his title is Air Traffic Controller, and, and it's for very good reason. There's just you know, you know, zillions of meetings of of, of prospective entrepreneurs uh, to be mated up with with uh, mentors and potential business funder types who are both looking to find the right fit and the right match. You know, the funders looking for uh, I'm looking for the next opportunity that is going to fit my profile for funding, uh, and you know, in, in the window in which I'm doing it in, and I'm looking also for the for both the great right business idea and the right team that looks capable of executing that idea. So, so um, it, it's a it's a very um, uh, you, know, you know constant churning kind of process that that uh, needs to be looked after carefully intended, much like uh, like, like growing a garden, and. Um, and they do a great job of it up there. And, and, and I think the real challenge in a real small community, and I grew up in a town of 16,000 people, so I know small-town America real well. Um, the real challenge is you're not going to have as many of those available to you, and so the Internet offers an incredible opportunity to do that. This is not a very different um, uh, problem-solution set uh, than what uh, established angel groups do. Um, there are a number of regional established angel capital groups, and they they typically, after they make their investment, they or as they're making it, they team up uh, members of the group with the the investing uh, the invested company as mentors and work work through the process. And and oftentimes, if it's a rural angel capital group or a larger region if you will uh, they won't be in the same city so they'll they'll do this by internet by email uh, by established meetings and briefings and that kind of thing you know and that's uh, uh, the you know one of the values of the internet is let you uh, let you reach out for those resources wherever they are Mm-hmm. Now, one of the, another aspect of this uh, program in uh, Vermont is they have a timeline, like requirement by when you have to use your prize money and the services the contracts that you win through this contest, which is a way to make sure that people get on board uh, quickly. So that you know it does indeed have an economic impact sometime within you know a reasonable time frame. Do you think that's reasonable to 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 have that kind of requirement in the program? Well, I think you know if if your program is is directed towards um, you know local economic development, uh, you know, and you're putting your capital on the table, um, you have every right to ask for whatever it is you want. Uh, the, the entrepreneur has also the right to say no or to say yes, and, and that's part of the, the process of the give and take in, a, um, in an entrepreneurial capitalist society. I, I think um, it makes a lot of sense in my mind for for the rules to be as transparent as possible up front so that the, the teams all know what they're getting into 
uh, on both sides because you don't want don't want mentors getting all excited about working with a company and then have the company fall out of bed at the last minute because oh I didn't understand this term or condition. Mm-hmm. By the same token, um, you know you know the, you want the the money that's being put up to be used efficiently and so. You certainly don't want somebody sitting on it or just using it to go take a sabbatical and cruise the gym. <laughs> um, you know that's not what the contest is about. If you want that, go apply to that foundation or you know to that resource. Um, so I, you know, I, I think uh, you know th- there are ways to make these things work, and uh, uh, but part of it's also to give them a taste. I mean, in Chattanooga, I mean, what we're doing is we're giving them a taste of a real live gigabit. Ethernet system, with you know, uh, you, know t- you know, tens of thousands of users uh, that we can categorize and sort through, and, and and you know, lay up in samples for you to test your application against. You can't do that anywhere else in the Western Hemisphere. So, so that's that's uh, we think that's an advantage to them because we give them a taste of that before it's going to come up in other you know communities around the country. Um, but we're, you know, you know, you still have to work hard with them to 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 help them get to an investable idea, and something they can launch as a business. I mean, this is a collaborative effort. And I think that, um, you know, this uh, this balancing between, you know, responsible use of the money and then and maximizing the creativity is probably an ongoing, uh, you know, exercise that has to be. Addressed. I mean, my takeaway from the the Vermont story was, you know, you can that, that for small communities, you can look at the kinds of programs that uh, Kansas City is doing, that you and Chattanooga are doing there, and create a a smaller but still practical and valuable version of that at the local level, whether it's a one county or a three county area. But it's possible. You know, I sort of look at it as a seed thing. And what you're doing is, you know, you're working with smaller numbers, smaller prizes. But ultimately, the idea is you have an incentive through a program, through a contest, to get people engaged. And then you provide the right kinds of supports around that contest so that people learn something. And what I think you'll find is that not only will the participants take advantage of the Internet, but there will be a lot of people who won't participate in the contest yet they will still be able to take advantage of the Internet just based on what they'll learn by being an outsider looking in or participating in some of the educational seminars and, and, and so forth. Um, well, we're just about out of time, and this has been a really uh, good conversation. Um, you know, just real quick, I mean, we've got like a minute. Do you see this as kind of like a broadband light, you know, where – we may use these contests as a way to generate money for investments in the broadband at the application level. One minute. One minute. <laughs> well, I think I think the answer is yes. I think uh, these contests give you a way of, of sort of sharpening the pencil, sharpening your focus, and uh, you know you never know what will come out of it. I think the other thing you can do is just you share ideas back and forth, and that's mm-hmm. you know we went we we talked to Annenberg, we talked to others, NSF, Genie. Um, and we're continuing to talk to people because ideas are not, uh, you know, they're they're not a uh, uh, sole invention of, of me or I. They're they're out there in the world, and you have to go get them. 
Right, okay. Well, John, again, thank you very, very much for being on the show today. And thank our audience. I appreciate all you listening in. And then I also want to thank our media partners, GigaOM, Broadband Communities Magazine, MuniWireless.com, and Community Broadband Networks. Everybody have a great day, and we'll see you on the next show. Take care, John. Thanks, Bye-bye. Goodbye.